Just real quick, I wanted to talk one Game of Thrones thing real quick. <laughs> I knew we weren't going to make it through without talking about it. Welcome to a new episode of, is this A-Town at the Movies that we're doing here? Yes, A-Town at the Movies. <laughs> yeah, you know that it's A-Town at the Movies because we're beginning it by questioning what the name of the podcast is. Right, right, yeah. So <laughs> this, this is um, our, uh, we decided to do a, uh, well, I was going to do one of those, you know, cheesy jokes like a little film you may have heard of, but I feel like people have done that to death. So we're doing a, we're doing a podcast about Endgame, Avengers Endgame. Yes. Everybody's seen it apparently multiple times. It's making all of the money. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you haven't been watching that or Game of Thrones, then I'm sorry. You're out of all of pop culture loop for like next month. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. And also, if you haven't seen it, uh, we're going to be filling this up with spoilers for Avengers Endgame, not Game of Thrones. Yeah. We'll be very careful to not spoil Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we will be spoiling Endgame. Sorry, Kevin Feige. Is it Feige? I thought it was Feige. Feige, whatever. I don't, I don't care what his name is. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, we're off to a strong start he, here. He's not an Avenger. So That's anyway, uh, yeah, so we're going to be spoiling all of the movie, but we put it behind a spoiler tag, so now you know. There you go. So I guess we can start this off like we do all of our movie episodes. Uh, what were your general thoughts on this movie? We've already kind of talked about it a little bit. but So, yeah, we should point out, too, uh, we went and saw this together. Uh, like what the day after it came out something like that in yeah a ridiculously packed theater that was uh very rambunctious so you know that color color our perceptions a bit but no fights but we did have some people try to cut across the hallway and get in when they started letting people in the theater it's true and a bunch elderly of people, people i should add yeah call them strange out. <laughs> yeah it was, it was weird it's kind of funny though yeah. yeah um and we had a very lively house as well to the point where um it 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 uh it, it straight past fun audience and curved around straight back to okay this is ridiculous and over the top cheering right yeah it, so. it yeah exactly it made me roll my eyes at things I wouldn't have rolled my eyes at in the movies simply because of the reaction it got which is not fair to the movie but uh you know right just want to get that out there but I'm going to start out by uh, admitting something to you that I don't I don't think you realized while we were watching this together, seated next to each other, mm -hmm. hand in hand, arm in arm. But maybe you did notice. But I I cried during this movie. Oh, did you? Did you <laughs> Did you notice no, that? I didn't know that. I th I mean, we've been doing this podcast for what a year and a half, something like that. Yeah, watched quite a few movies. I don't know how many are on here. I don't think I don't think this has ever happened in any movies that I've watched. It's not to say, you know, I don't have, I don't think crying is, is lame or anything, but it's not a thing that uh, happens to me very often in movies. Mm -hmm. Certainly not in big blockbuster movies like this. And I definitely wouldn't have expected it in uh, these big mashup Avengers games or movies, mm -hmm. which tend to just not really uh, work for me as well as Apple. But yeah. this one, this one uh, kind of hit me two different times, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, same, same reason. And, what what would you guess those moments were if you were going to guess? Were they Stark related? Of course. Okay. Yeah. So then then I guess uh, maybe whenever he came back from being stranded on a spaceship and was super skinny and yelling at everybody. Oh, <laughs> that'd be a weird time to cry, wouldn't it? I feel emotional. Like, yeah, it's he's true, right. It's true. Armor around the world. Ultron, let's go. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, I'm sure one of them was his, was his death. That was a good good part of the movie. So the death was good, and you know we'll get into that. But for me, and this is obviously a very personal, specific connection, but uh, it was centered around his uh, four year or four or five year old daughter, oh, which yeah. is like deeply targeted at me with year old. And uh, mm -hmm. it was specifically whenever he was, uh, whenever they like kind of cut to like his pre recorded message thing. You know what I'm talking right. about? And they're all sitting around in like their living room, and. The whole time, it's just kind of like, oh, this is a nice moment, whatever. And then he, like, ends it with, uh, oh, but what am I talking about? You know, this is going to be, this is all going to work out fine or something. And yeah. he looks up and he makes eye contact with his daughter. Mm -hmm. And then he says that line that they had already established, the, like, I love you 3000 or whatever. I can't express to you why that was as effective as it was on me. <laughs> but I was, like, like, 
it was like a very drastic it wasn't like it built up for me it was this very drastic like you know how your nose starts burning and i'm like holy crap i'm gonna cry right now and then i'm kind of doing that like you reach up to like wipe a tear away and then you realize there's somebody sitting next to you really close and so you kind of scratch your like chin you're like oh yeah just that was just a scratch don't worry and then you're kind of breathing like as steady (laughs) as you can it was really it was really uh sort of pathetic but yeah that it really it really kind of knocked me down a little bit and then the other moment was when uh, on favreau uh was was he in the show happy his like driver yeah yeah at the funeral he was like you want to go grab some food she's like i like cheeseburgers and for some reason that hit me again probably because of the earlier moment but uh yeah but yeah yeah so that moment uh was was very effective for me i have to say it's a movie i have all sorts of problems with um and there were some moments that were good but uh i wanted to lead off with with a very positive because i i tend to be maybe unfair to these movies and so i just want to like i just want to set the stage that there were good moments and i hope my complaining doesn't overshadow that what about you (laughs) so overall i did not cry in this movie i felt some emotion for things like i feel like it did its job for what it was supposed to be um it's one of it would probably be in one of my more favorite of the 22 marvel movies that have come out i don't think it would break top five but um it would be up in the upper part of the 22 films that we've seen so far uh, so with that said, I think it was effective in doing what it had to do. I liked how they closed a lot of characters that, um, like storylines and sort of retired them in a way, um, that I thought was effective. Uh, there was, so I overall really enjoyed this movie. Um, I was surprised that it took some risks in being the second part of this big finale thing, actually deciding to start slow. And we can talk about all those types of choices in a minute. Um, and I do have many nitpicks. Uh, for some reason, this did not necessarily, like, blow my mind or anything like that. But in a weird way, like, I would say, yeah, this is a great ending to the, uh, I know you don't like that ending talk, but, like, it's a good ending to the first phase of what it felt like Marvel was building to. It's like a good, like, period, if that makes sense. Like, all this Thanos stuff that they've been building up, I was happy with what I consider one film, even though I'm sure you would not, uh, the part one and part two of this. No, so, I would consider it one film. I'm very much yeah. with you. Yeah, because it felt like it it made the first one w- worth it in a way because, uh, I you know. very much agree. Yeah, we had That's always originally talked here. about, like, I think I liked Infinity War a bit more the first round you did, and... Uh, and uh, but but I I was not convinced by the stakes if that makes sense like that was one thing I think we both agreed on because it's sort of like okay I mean sure all of these people disappeared but uh you know Kevin Feige then is also telling us by the way stay tuned for the next five movies we've announced of all these characters that are dead so um they're not just, they just weren't believable stakes but um this movie did a really good job at being the second half of that movie. And I really enjoyed it. But yeah, I definitely have some nitpicks. There was definitely a couple of fan servicey moments that uh, that were sort of eye-rolly. But um, overall, I, I actually enjoyed it. And it, we'll, we'll get into specifics then. Yeah. So, I mean, going off the point you kind of just made, uh, I think that to me is the most sort of strike part of this whole movie is dealt with the snap and, you know, half of mm-hmm. the population and our characters uh, disappearing into death, which I did not find remotely convincing and was almost just annoying in uh, in the first one, as you can hear me complain about in our in our uh, Avengers Infinity War episode. Right, and I feel like vision to fast forward five years was kind of genius, and I want to get into uh, in a minute here the implications of that because you pointed something out to me in the text later on, and I've kind of uh, chewed on that a little bit and have some thoughts but before we get into that it's like by moving forward that far the characters that were alive at least were mm-hmm. just dramatically affected by it in a way that like can't be done by everybody coming back which is something right. that not a feeling i got out of infinity war um and even the ones that did come back like the world has been altered and that is analogous to the first avengers because yeah you remember like when the first avengers came out 
all the movies before that were like pre superhero world. Like, yes, Iron Man was technically like public by that point, but it was sort of this, you know, they're superheroes kind of, and, but it's like very much like ours. And then after Avengers, it was like the world in every Marvel related property knows about aliens and New York tacked and destroyed. And like the world was legitimately just radically changed. And I feel like this was truly an event of that status because of the length of time that they went like all the infrastructure of the world has to be different from now on and they can't just ignore that. And, 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 and I think they've shown us that they won't, which is kind of exciting. I think what this first third of the movie, I think this very clearly like separates into three acts. And uh, yes, I feel like the first act of this movie, I, this is what I was talking about is I really liked that deliberately chose to um, take the complete like, bonkers like set piece after set piece of the first movie and then just immediately slow down and sort of sit with the impact of what had happened and deal with like where are the characters at now i think i told you that like um some of these things feel a little like elseworlds type stuff which is like a common thing in like both marvel and dc have like elseworlds versions of characters so you have like Thor's now overweight playing video games in this oh, like yeah, small yeah. <laughs> place and like Hulk is like somehow figured decision. out a way to that live. was bold honestly yeah but it worked like I know it some did. people complain that the joke got old after a while I legitimately in whole time so I, I never really got tired of it yeah as long um, as they undo it you know like he gets back into shape for his next movies yeah yeah I think one movie's worth is fine to milk that joke yeah and uh uh, but also, like, um, yeah, uh, so I will say before they even did the five-year jump thing, um, you obviously know they're going to reverse this somehow, but they very quickly decided in five minutes to throw everybody for a curveball as they were going to do it by just having them go and find Thanos and decapitate him, <laughs> like, yeah, within I, the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, they go find Farmer Thanos and uh, immediately dispatch him. Right. Which for whatever reason felt like inevitable like like very quickly after they started going down there or something would you it say was like, it, it was inevitable much like thanos oh my gosh i didn't see that coming and i <laughs> walked, yeah, walked into right that, into that yeah. uh <laughs> but like something about the way it was filmed or something i was like well he's just gonna die right away before they even started fighting him i was like wait who's gonna be the bad guy in this movie which was kind of yeah. an interesting feeling it took a while before i even realized where it was going but yeah, that was kind of a cool moment. But like before we get to there even, like I feel like that first act is some of the best like filmmaking in in the like Avengers movies, uh, mm-hmm. if you will. And I think it's probably just because there's way fewer characters. You know what I mean? Like they actually yeah. did character development, which they didn't do at all in Infinity War. Yeah. Well, I I'll say this. Uh, so regardless of how we found Civil War, I. I think you can make an argument that they definitely did character development with that movie, but I feel like we haven't really seen the characters develop like this since then, if that makes sense. Like, it feels like quite a few years since they've actually stopped and uh, done something to push the characters' arcs forward, and I think that's... Uh, I would disagree with that. I would only say in the team-up films, we don't get a lot of that. In all the films around it, we do. Right, Thor yeah. uh, uh, Ragnarok was definitely <laughs> a lot of character development for Thor. Oh, that's true. Right, yeah, we brought yeah, him right. from this like epic god character to a grounded sort of despair. Uh, char- I mean, he yeah. wasn't in despair before uh, before Infinity War, but it was very believable that he was just wrecked and vengeful yeah. by that point because of this arc that he went through leading up to that. That's true. Yeah, so I, I take that back. But I, I will say they they did they just did a good job at like uh I was just surprised that we go from just like a CGI like crazy fest in the first movie, Infinity War, to immediately going like we're gonna spend an hour of this three hour movie. Actually it was probably a little longer than that. Like the first hour, fifteen minutes of this movie is just like kind of intermixing between stuff that aside from maybe like Hawkeye in Hong Kong or something is not really any action set pieces or anything. It's all just like suitless character work. Yes. So, yeah. 
And like, I really like that for some reason. At first, at first, like before I saw the entire movie, while I was going through it, I, I was like, "This is weird. Is this all this is going to be?" Like, like I knew there would be something at some point, but, um, but I, in retrospect, it, it's like it worked really well. Like it, it did what it was supposed to do, and I liked it. So. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you know, as we've established, I'm not necessarily the biggest fans of some of these characters, and so. Spending a lot more time with those characters was kind of like, eh, to me, uh, especially like all that stuff. I was kind of like, oh, you're back. I thought we kind of were all, we all agreed. We were just going to forget about you and complain that you weren't in trailers. But uh, I guess we have I, to deal with I, you I, again. I, to be fair, like I agree with that sentiment, but I would also say with that sentiment sort of present in the Marvel universe, they did a good job of making him a little bit more interesting for what they had to work with, if that makes sense. Uh, he was fine. I mean, the scene at the very beginning with him was great, right? With him, with him and his family. Yeah, yeah. That moment was wonderful. And then he goes all Ninja Gaiden, and it's like, uh, okay. Well, I thought that was okay. It was fine. It felt like I suddenly got transported to one of their Netflix uh, move, uh, TV shows. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Where, where, What are we doing here? And, uh, and also, not to fast forward too far ahead, but... They did not do nearly enough legwork to make me remotely believe the relationship between him and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, I I completely agree. But what I'm saying is, is like, uh, okay, maybe they could have done a little bit more. But I also feel like with all the pieces that they had moving, um, they did the best with what they had. I don't think it was a good choice. (laughs) It was also one of the few handfuls of options that they had based off how they wanted things to like play out. Yeah, I don't know. I always, I like, I guess I am fast forwarding a little bit here, but like, I feel like they had established throughout all these movies that uh, Bruce Banner liked Scarlett Johansson. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like it would have been a believable moment if like he had to sacrifice her. And I would have believed even within this movie, I feel like they did a little bit of work to make us believe that Scarlett Johansson cares about Hawkeye. But do you, definitely, do you think it was... I did not believe that Hawkeye, the person who had and kids, his like uh, greatest love was Scarlett Johansson. Like it was just like what? What is? I, this? I think the angle. Well, this is why I say like I feel like they were doing with what they had. They're doing the best with what they had because I I almost feel like it was. Do you think it was an implied romantic? thing or just I, like yeah because he said the only way you can get this is if you lose, get a uh, sacrifice you lose the person that you love yeah but yeah. i thought they were playing more of like a friendship angle that they just mean a lot to each other because they did that if you remember they actually did an okay job introducing both of these characters relationship in the very first avengers movie way back when right like they knew um, each other they were the ones yeah, that knew but, each other but then it was just sort of boring after that so i i, I don't know i i to me I feel like you could read it as a friendship type thing, but that's also stupid. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's any better, but uh, I feel like you could make a case that that's what they were going for. But um, I don't know. It was just sort of dumb. It was especially like uh, hit poorly for me whenever he, you know, they all came back and then you see uh, like dad Hulk with his glasses whenever he finds out and he starts like raging out. Like that's the only time we ever see him rage out is he gets all, you know, ticked off because yeah, she died. And it's like, yeah, he's the one. Like, how did we not put the pieces together there? But, you know, I, I'm I'm backseat driving a, a very difficult to put together a film script here. So, but you know how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I agree. Like, I, I, I it's 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 just one of those things where it's like they had these two players in. It's sort of like we me and you don't care about Winter Soldier and arguably Winter Soldier is a more popular character. But it would be like, I don't know if 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 they just ignored Winter Soldier because some people didn't care. Like they have that character in play and they had to do something with it. Now, I think you could argue that maybe they shouldn't have kept them through the app and use different characters. Right, yeah, that exactly. Would be more interesting. <laughs> but, well, I do get um, that this is the this is the end game for the Avengers, the original Avengers. Right. And right, so, exactly. So that, I think thematically know, okay, they were trying to deal with those six as character arcs. Yeah. And, and that, I just that, don't that think they've sense. done a good job with Black Widow and Hawkeye overall. So. It is a shame that the studio that has just dramatically struggled with uh women main characters, uh the one yeah. that they sort of had 
other than you know Marvel with Captain Marvel, which was literally like a month ago. Actually, mm-hmm. it's still in theaters. But other than that, the like one that they have is the the one Avenger that they like sacrificed off that way, and a man had to yeah, be and- the one that sacrificed her, and it's like all right. What's also weird about it at like, um, they are making a Black Widow movie that's supposed to be set in a time period before. Yeah, I'm assuming that's like film. a prequel or something. And so let's say that's even. I think that's a bad idea, but um, let's say it's successful. Um, now she there's no sequels for her, <laughs> right? You know, um, it's just sort of weird thing to do because God, if they start making Hawkeye movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's when we know they've jumped the shark i had heard something about them maybe doing a hawkeye show but i i may have told you this there's sort of a precedent for like his daughter um being hawkeye because there's a because his yeah, daughter becomes and hawkeye fits, in the comics that would and, fit with the yeah this, and they even movie. sort of maybe even uh unwittingly set that up in this movie yeah, yeah. so um but anyway, yeah, so they're the two boring characters. Um, those, those were sort of problematic. And Yeah, so let's get uh, to our main guy. So there's Camp Counselor America. What did you think yeah. about his uh, his five or post five years uh, little storyline well, there? I'll, I'll take this comment to sort of like move into this middle section of the movie as well. Oh, you, well, act. you don't want to talk about uh, what they did with Iron Man and Captain America? The two like main people? Oh, okay. We can do that. Yeah, well, that's some. You mean just overall, like to the end of the movie? No, no, no. Just like, like in that first half, what how they had sort of set them up. Ah, we don't have to. Yeah, so it was kind of like a continuing uh, leftovers from Civil War. If everyone recalls, they never actually settled the central core of the movie, punted it down the road, and settled it here. Um, but uh, Captain America comes back, or er, Tony Stark comes back base. Uh, after being stranded and being saved by Captain Marvel, correct? Right. Am I remembering that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he comes back super skinny and, like, you know, nutrition-deprived, and I actually really like that part because I'm very much so in Tony's camp um, with everything that he's saying, like, you know, I said this would happen, and you said they'll all be there together, and you weren't there, and, like, just all this stuff. Like, I feel like he was right to be mad about all of that stuff. And that sort of started the movie with putting a wedge in between them. And Tony basically, you know, goes off in the woods in a really expensive cabin and starts uh, starts a family in the five-year break. And that, to me, was, like, amazing. Like, in a lot of ways, this movie, to me, was a a bloated but still really good Iron Man 4, the final Iron yeah. Man. And, like, yeah. this is really part of that, like, setting up. Because... Because what we did was we took the character who, like, you know, after the first Iron Man, he kind of gets the taste of being a hero, and he just can't kind of give it up. And that's that's mm-hmm. sort of a struggle with him and uh, wife, Pepper Potts. And, like, it, it's a little annoying that they've always set up Pepper Potts as, like, wants to stop him from saving the world because it, yeah. you know, it adds to this bad narrative of a nagging wife. And I don't know. There's a lot of problems with that. And they actually worked right. on that a lot in this movie, I feel like. But... Yeah, but opening this up with basically he settles down, gets a family, and then is the one that sort of doesn't want to jump on dealing with things and fixing things, and it's because he like has a family and has a lot to lose. And this is another moment where uh, it feels like targeted at me because yeah, surely you do this right where you're daydreaming in a meeting or something and you kind of do the game where you're like, if I could go back in time, like, you know, what would I do? And I don't know, maybe you're thinking about, would you play the stock market or would you invest in this company or place bets on sports or I don't know, whatever. Right. But one of the things that you do in this situation when you have kids is you go through this weird, like mental exercise. This has happened to me a million times where you're like, Oh man, if I could go back in time to like right after I got married and it's like, have the dual income, no kids thing for, just a little bit it's like oh my gosh that'd be awesome and we'd go here and we'd like you know go do xyz vacation or something but it always ends in the same place where you start like doing the mechanics in your head of like but if you go back in time and then you had would you have the same kids and then you start getting this weird lasting feeling of like well i guess it wouldn't be worth it because like holy crap i can't imagine not having my kids and then you have like that silly parenting reaction that you always have and so, like, right. 
there's this weird thing that I've done in my head a million times and it sort of played out in this movie where it's like, I'm not going to go back to solve this huge existential world plot because that might Mm -hmm. screw up my family situation and I might not have my daughter. And it's like, holy crap, I can empathize with that way too directly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, I don't have kids, so I can't relate on that quite to that degree of an emotional level, but yeah, I, I thought they did really good work with, um, I mean, it really did just complete Tony Stark's arc. Yeah. Not only just thematically, he was the first movie and, you know, so it's fitting to make him sort of the piece of this era's ending, but, um, yeah, it, it like I was surprised because like it's one of those things where to me this like, oh, this is the big Marvel movie thing. Like I'm see it and have fun and all of that sort of stuff. I wasn't really like if you would have asked me, um, these Marvel movies have become such a sprawling that uh, even I as a comic book fan was not too invested in like, oh, I'm really looking to see what they do with uh, so and so's character arc. Like even though I really like Tony Stark and. Um, you know, I begrudgingly like kind of frustrated with how he is sometimes like, um, I didn't expect to really care how anybody resolved as far as a character in this. And then I was surprised that I was sort of drawn into the fact that it's like, oh, that's right. These are characters that, um, can have satisfying conclusions, <laughs> right? you know, uh, because I feel like it's, again, you, as you've said, there has been character work throughout various movies, but I feel like with these two main ones, it's been so long since Iron Man 3, you know? Right. Although although Spider-Man Homecoming did do a lot of groundwork for his sort of uh, becoming a parent. It was sort of a father relationship, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but it, but arguably it wasn't like, I don't know, I, it's not like something that like stuck with me. It wasn't nearly as deep as Iron Man 3 felt. It, 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 may, it may also be, I've... I've only seen that Spider-Man movie once, so... Yeah, true. And that was in theaters. Um, but it, anyway, yeah, I don't know. It was it was just satisfying to see, like, there was there being a lot of character work done on the ones that we care about and not Hawkeye and Black Widow. <laughs> and speaking of Captain America, like, it's well established that I find him kind of annoying, but I felt like yeah. he was the most likable in this movie since the very first movie to me, which I, you know, I liked yeah. him a lot in the very first movie. His sort of self-awareness at his own, like, obnoxious chivalry was mm-hmm. very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, I, I had a friend, and you may have seen this on Facebook, I don't know, but a friend of mine, like, did this whole big, long post about how she was upset because Captain America was, like, one of her favorite characters, and they did this, and he do that, and I was like, you just got to stop. Like, this is the first time I've liked Captain America, I feel like, in <laughs> What years. were they complaining about? They they were complaining, like, mainly his ending, that, that they thought it was super selfish that, that Captain America would be needed in this time, and he would go back and live his life. That's what do. And it's just like, this is, like, the biggest nitpick. Yeah, uh, I mean, I do feel very like... very satisfying self-awareness, as you put it. <laughs> I do think that that is a... I can understand somebody having that reaction. Like to me, it sort of ended his arc with, he learned to similar to Tony kind of where it's like, he learned to like have a life. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, but it is sort of anti captain America too, at the same time, but he didn't sacrifice other people. He finished the mission and then he had a life. So I I don't think he abandoned people or anything. This is going to be this is going to sound really stupid because we're talking about a superhero movie but I think it only is a a a thing to nitpick on if you're only seeing them as a superhero because like if this was a regular soldier who is just good job like who the hell are you to tell someone how dare you <laughs> retire after you've done all these like we need you now like how dare you go back and have a life like no, like you deserve it. Like you've done all of this incredible stuff. You 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 weren't even in this century. Well, I mean, he was. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, because it's different. Right? Century, yeah. Right. I'm using the right words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Um, Basically, yeah. century. So he wasn't even born in this century, and has been facing his own life in a very like Batman type way to go on all the rolling adventures and risking his life today. And he's done this for. That's who knows how long the Marvel Universe is, but a decade. So, yeah, he's earned it. He can go back and live a normal life. Like, that's all fine with me because... And, like, there was this whole thing of, power, you know, both 
within the movie, yeah. but also sort of a meta thing about the movie. Like we're handing off to this new era of superheroes that right. maybe aren't all white men. Uh, but <laughs> like him actually handing the shield over to Falcon, which was both yes. a good moment and also unfortunately was Falcon. Yeah. And for those that don't know, he does become Captain America in the comics as well. And has been I thought, for a like, little bit. So. It sounds like uh, like 30 different characters become Captain America. They, they did a, they did a storyline for winter soldier, Captain America, but it purposely didn't work because of his notoriety, mm. you know, kind of like in the movie universe, he was known as someone that was brainwashed and running around killing people. So I was a little um, confused. Cause like, Falcon isn't super human. He doesn't have super strength or any of the Captain America no. attributes, right? Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not familiar with the comics enough to know what whether they do something with him. <laughs> his, like, his development in these movies is so just anemic that it's like, I don't even know what his... Per- I almost said he doesn't have his personality. And I was like, well, maybe he does. I don't know. He doesn't really have any yeah. personality. He just kind of is. Yeah. It, it, I like that actor. The actor is great. Oh, he's an excellent he's actor. Incredible. Yeah. yeah, and so like, uh, as much as I roll my eyes about the announced Disney Plus, uh, what is it, Falcon and Winter Soldier show that they're making, um, I I will say that in a moment of of seriousness, I hope that they do good character work on him, and maybe it's worth watching. Yeah. But um, I mean, I think they can. They're at capable. The moment, they've just never tried. I, well, that sounded like. Uh, that's not really a fair thing to say, but you know what I mean? They've never given him the same focus. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I don't think they've developed, uh, uh, like War black widow, widow very much either. Right. More because yeah, yeah. she's been around longer, but she yeah, hasn't gotten her War own machine movie. is the most developed side character of like the, yeah, I think that's not necessarily, I think that's string. true. Although he was yeah. originally played by a different person, but, uh, yeah. And well, unless you count pepper pots, I guess, but, I don't know. That's just, yeah. That's I mean, true. she's just his girlfriend, character, wife, whatever. So well, she was but awesome in like the great. first Iron Man, and maybe yeah, even the second yeah. one. And then like she kind of thought she of had fallen off, you know, because they weren't giving her enough money, and they weren't giving her much of a. But then well, probably kind of the crazy. money piles have gotten bigger as the franchise has gotten bigger, and so she's kind of popped back up from time to time. I, I think the only thing that's painted her in a bad light is she's sort of crazy in real life. And so learning more about her. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know much about her in real life <laughs> is sort of like hard to like take her seriously. Well, now I don't want to She's know, a good but... actress. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You're not familiar with her magazine goop. I've heard of goop. Oh yeah. Okay. We'll stop isn't there. She, isn't that like selling mud, uh, like, ointments and stuff well, or something i mean you got your jade eggs and vaginas you got your coffee in them got <laughs> all that stuff those are all real things oh, well uh <laughs> the more you know there you go <laughs> moving on Anyways. so the second phase of this movie is time heist time heist and this is one of those where <laughs> it was really frustrating and normally i'm pretty good with this is the movie i'm in i'm okay with you know uh, quote plot holes. We've how annoying it is when people complain about plot holes. Yeah. But this movie went through so many pains at the beginning to s- try to establish what type of time, uh, the, like how time works in this right world or within this movie anyway, that it was extraordinarily frustrating when they just threw that completely out the window and broke it. And I'm was, still not sure how it works. Like, I feel like I need to see it a second time. But, like, even with what I understand from this movie, even going with the logic, like, they're just saying, I feel like what they're saying is, like, no, it works. Right, like, yeah. and if you say, well, what about this? They're like, don't, doesn't worry. D- don't worry about it. It works. Right. Then, but then they spend <laughs> so much time explaining how, like, there is rules in establishing it. Like, yeah. for any sort of, like, uh, fiction with time travel... There's like three ways it works. I think there's three that I know of anyway. There's the like multiverse concept where every yeah. time you travel backwards in time, the moment that you you know step in and the butterfly effect takes effect, you are creating parallel timelines or whatever. Which it seemed and like so, this laid into. Yes. Well, sort of. And then there's also the single timeline uh, concept. This is like Bill and Ted right. or like Prisoner of Azkaban where right. whenever you go back in time, actually just existing in that time. And so... Everything you did is what actually did happen. And, you know, the movies obviously have the ability to not create paradoxes. And theoretically, in this sort of universe, it would be impossible to create paradoxes. And so 
that's how you get things like if I go in the future, if I come back and I put a key under this uh, plant, then it's going to be there now. And then, you know, it is there now. And then the last one is the whole like paradox consequence type of time travel. And that's like back to the future where it's like, if we go back in time and change things, it's going to create a paradox and it's going to like do some sort of weird timey wimey (laughs) thing to me now, which is fuzzy, but it's like, because you've established yourself as this type of thing, it's like acceptable and I'm fine with it. But this movie, I feel like couldn't decide which one of the first two it was. Cause there were moments where it was clearly establishing itself as the like multiverse thing where it's like, if you go back, you're going to cause a split in the timeline. Yeah. And they even did that. They have to return the, the, the stuff after they're done. Yeah. And that part was confusing because it's like, can you like, were they going back to the same exact timeline that they went into before and putting the stones in there? But then that timeline still is split, right? It has right. to still be split because that stuff didn't happen in their time. You know what I mean? Like they, he didn't, Captain America didn't get in a fight with an alter version of himself in the yeah, Captain there's, America there's, we think of timeline. There's so many questions that I have about the time stuff because like um, there's that. Uh, there's also just like practical things like when Captain America is sent back to put the stones back, regardless of whether he's going to the same timeline, um, how did he get to the positions in space where those other stones were to put those back properly? Um, just like that. But then, well, he had, he had like enough stuff for a certain number of jumps. And I think they established that when you make those jumps, like you can show up in a specific place. Yeah. Okay. Previously in the movie too, so that's I, th- I think that that's part true. was fine. Okay. So so that's fine then. That that's answered. But my next question: the big obvious paradox is if this like time high stuff catches the attention of Guardians one thing, Guardians one Thanos is the Thanos that you're fighting in this movie. Um, kill him, then the inciting incident for you doing all of this in the first place never took place. And that's really confusing. And then in addition, does this mean that all of the canon of the films that have come up to this point are now different? I think they're only different in those other timelines. But like our film MCU title is is still the same one that we always had. So but but is but but is Guardians one still playing out the same way now that it's been interrupted and those characters You mean in the other timeline? I guess, yeah. yeah so I think the, the only way it would make sense. Thanos is dead. Uh, all sorts of things happen. Everything that they sure, did that but, altered but, but those I, timelines I, I, are but, different. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, in a sense, it makes sense as long as your framework is all of the movies make sense or are, are, are happen and played exactly up until this point, and then whenever Endgame happens, then they change to this other timeline. Because that would mean that the Guardians 1 movie that we saw and watching it play out now happens differently. In that other timeline. Yeah. But not in the main timeline. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, but see, that's... It's a multiverse. There's a million universes, and every time you change something (laughs) in the timeline, it just forks it. But in those other... means that those snaps would end up happening. (laughs) Well, they didn't happen. (laughs) Right. Which is fine. That makes sense. But... What I'm saying is, is that that this, this, this multiverse theory of multiple strands... Even though you replace those those stones, I feel like, and this is what I was trying to figure out in the in the movie, and it's also a thought I have every time DC or Marvel in the comic book worlds do a multiverse event, is that you have fixed your universe and your timeline, and everything works out for your timeline. Right. All the other timelines are potentially going to have to sit with the death and destruction, though. Sure. Yeah. They have their own to deal with that are <laughs> different than your own. Yeah. So it's almost even like I get. Sure, but I'm also, but yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it doesn't. It's just weird. I don't know. It's yeah. it's, it's weird thinking about because the current timeline, but then like everything else, they're still kind of screwed. Like, or well, or there's just something different, you know. Now, yeah, the thing, yeah. the thing that, how did Captain America show up at the end as an old person? Like, because they sort of implied like he he just lived out the rest of his days and then he. Yeah, knew the yeah. time that he needed to show up at uh at this funeral, and so he showed up there right then. But like, 
in my head canon, the only way it works with the multiverse like timeline theory is that he used his last jump to jump back to this time or to jump to this timeline somehow so that right. he could then hand his shield Which, back or whatever. Which, how do you do that? Well, he still had, he had the right amount of, you know, timeline. No, I, I, I know the particle things, I guess, like they just, the coordinations are just like logic. And it's like, oh, the coordination, you need right. to come back out. Yeah, at the same I, I'm guessing, you know, it was pre-programmed to come back to write to it for a long time or something. So, so this, like, there's an so explanation this, for that one. It's almost, so this almost isn't so much a time machine as it is a ability to come out in different universe locations. Right. At any time within those. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and Seems then really it's like, confusing. it really does all sort of work within the multiverse <laughs> thing. The only thing that breaks that is that weird explanation we get from uh, Tilda Swanson, Swanson, however you say her, her name, uh, the uh, like magician person. I, I can't remember what her name is. Um, anyway. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Like explaining to the Hulk how the timeline stuff works. And she's like, these stones, it creates a fork. And you need to bring them back and then that will like collapse the timelines back onto each other. And that just makes no sense at all because all those events had to change. And so that like broke it for me. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think that's what I was asking is like, would those movies still play out the same if you have characters being pulled from places that were originally in that timeline? Cause that's what I was confused about was like, how does that work? Yeah. That conversation I think is what was confusing because the way she explained it does not actually make sense with the like multiverse timeline, but like right. every action in the movie aside from the end, but the end you could still explain away within that theory um, points to it being a multiverse concept. So, yeah, I don't know. It's not like it's that I, I big of a deal. Only... It was just during the movie because of the conversation that she had and because of the amount of time about it. It was sort of like bugging me the whole time. I think the only way this pay off for me is if they bring this concept of a multiverse back up in the future and actually do a verse event where you have like alternate versions of things. Yeah, uh, I, I could see him doing that. Cause that, cause that could be fun. That could be a big event. Like there's precedent for that. in both universe is uh, like DC and Marvel. Obviously they do universe events all the time. I think DC's is actually clear. They actually have a pretty mapped out structure of how their multiverse works. But um, Marvel's is more sort of hazy um, Heck, but they just they have came out done, with a movie like, with uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, Marvel. Yeah, that was good. They did that. That was good with the multiverse stuff. There's also a big storyline where I don't know how this happens, but Doctor Doom, you know, of War Fame, um, it's this event called Battle Worlds, and he basically takes multiversal worlds and uh, trying to create the perfect universe and has different universes fight each other. So. There's, nice. like, universes where all the cops are Thors and, <laughs> like, just really weird, bizarre stuff that they're just having fun with and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And that could be fun if they played with a multiverse in the future. But I digress. <laughs> um, so let me, let, let's me let leave the time logic aside yeah, yeah. for a second. I think we've talked through that enough. So this, this middle act, really quick, just as far as how effective it is, I will say to me... This was the weakest part of the entire movie because now the Battle of New York stuff worked, but the other two locations were super boring and underutilized, if that makes sense. Yeah, I Um, don't disagree. And it's funny because on paper, this would be the part I would be the most excited about. Yeah, it almost feels like this was a great idea. And then they, when they actually sat down to write it out, the Battle of New York is the only one that really seemed to have material to work with. And I did have fun with that thread, but every time they would go back to Hawkeye and uh, What's-Her-Face and uh, Black Widow, and every time... And I was kind of excited to see what they would do with the the Guardians stuff. And and there was, like, a joke here or there that kind of paid off, but it was mostly just, like, boring. What did they they do with the Guardians? Oh, right, right, where they went back to Peter Quill's, like, the opening of the Guardians. And wasn't there even another one? See, I there don't was uh, Asgard. Like there was with Thor and his mom, which was a bit of ca- oh, good character right. development. But yeah. it was like it yeah, wasn't was right. fun. And it feels like if you're doing timeline stuff like this, it should feel Prisoner of Azkaban, where you're just like, oh my gosh, this is just delightful. 
Yeah. And so that that's what was weird is, is like I sort of got bored with the other three locations and was just like, let's go back to the Battle of New York. Yeah, because that stuff fun. was great, <laughs> especially <laughs> it's like Thor reluctantly crushing things and yeah. uh, uh, trying Hulk, to blend in. And yeah. And then the, like the whole stairs thing. Right. And then <laughs> like was... the as we talked about earlier, Cap's Elf and sort of getting away yeah. at how like uh, Chipper he is. Chipper and Gung Ho, the other one is. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of that stuff was done really well. And even, even like Ant Man, like, that's America's ass. Like, all that stuff was Yeah. Really Ant Man <laughs> being involved uh, definitely elevated a lot. Actually, we haven't talked about him oh. at all. That was the other character development in this that I felt like was really good was the stuff with him, like when he came back and kind of finding yeah, his daughter and stuff. I thought that yeah. was a really effective way to sort of jump us into the timeline. Which is still really weird. She seemed a she seemed a bit older than five years older than the daughter and the man, the wasp. But that's I'm nitpicking. Five so. five years, uh, you know, that's eternity in uh, children years. Well, sure, but going from like six or seven to like 20 i feel like oh maybe I, okay i didn't catch that i did think she looked <laughs> she, older she seen like 13 she was way older than 13 um and she wasn't 20 i'm exaggerating but i'm just saying like she she definitely wasn't like a 10 year old kid which is what it seems like she should have been mm, but okay um i'm i'm also notoriously really bad at judging ages of um more than five years younger than me so i have no idea i could be completely off on that like i said it's just not really anything right, but right. um yeah they did good with ant-man i was glad he was along for the ride yeah yeah i thought he was he was fun to have because you know we we missed out on him completely in the last one um and then the person who i felt like was really underutilized even though when we were talking about it right after the movie we both felt like it was probably smart to do this but it was kind of disappointing that we didn't get much time with Captain Marvel. Yeah. Like, I get that they sort of, they have to be really careful with her because she's basically like a nuke. Like, well, her and being Captain involved Marvel. sort of breaks the, like, power dynamic of everything. But, I don't know. And Captain Marvel wasn't made yet, so they didn't even really have a good beat on her character. I guess that's true, because it was sort of similar with uh, with Blackbeard in infinity war where it was like yeah exactly the location was cool that they used but they, yeah they really didn't have a good they didn't utilize the character super well in infinity war from black panther and so i guess it's a similar thing right. here because captain marvel is like literally still in theaters so yeah 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 i guess that makes sense too it was just kind of sad because it there was this big build-up because infinity war ended with like that stinger of you know Sil jackson calling out her and you're like oh she's gonna yeah. be this like missing ingredient and it was like oh no not really she just kind of showed up and then, oh, it's really important that I take care but, of all the other planets. And it's like, oh, that that all makes sense. And it's, you know, it was an effective way to sort of get her out of the way. But it was sort of sad yeah. that we had to get her out of the way because I, I really like her character. And I was excited to see her interact with everybody. The the plus side that that had going for it, though, was that they didn't overutilize her either. Like, um, because she is basically like a Superman type character sort of the problem that justice league had where it's superman showing up so why isn't the party over in like right seconds? yeah and that's what i was saying so, like it it made sense from a structural standpoint because she's hard to yeah, deal okay. with in terms of keeping everything grounded but i feel like you still could i mean let's be honest vision was supposed like that and he just kind of traipsed around like a pointless little <laughs> demigod the whole time he was ever on screen so yeah stupid face <laughs> but anyway uh this middle part was about 50 percent boring to me yeah and i and With some like good we stuff already talked in, about earlier yeah. was not convinced at all by the hawkeye black widow stuff yeah and that even that part um the back and stopping each other from jumping over the edge um i was uh i was pretty ticked off whenever uh she caught him at the very end when he jumped off the cliff i was like okay I don't care about either of these characters, but if I were to pick one of them, I would much rather Black Widow stick around yep. than Hawkeye. The whole time, I'm like, please, Hawkeye, please be Hawkeye. I mean, I get that it makes sense because he's the one with the family and all this whatever. I get it. I don't know. Still. That's more reason. It makes it more tragic. <laughs> and like I yeah, said, I was way more bought into, and maybe this is just she's a better actress. I don't think that's really it, but maybe. But I was way more bought into she cared about him than the other way around. Yeah. And so, you know, it felt like more of a sacrifice it, for him. It felt like he was just getting to be all chivalrous, chivalrous and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, it, because they did a good job of making me somewhat more interested in him in the first part of the movie, and then when that happened, I was like, oh, he sucks again. <laughs> he also used so. his little, like, sword knife thing way more than he used a uh, bow and arrow, it seemed like. Yeah. Or maybe it's just because I was expecting bow and arrow, and it was always weird when he used the knife. I don't know. They did do a couple, like, little green arrow type shots of, like, exploding arrows and stuff like that. Yeah, like, when they were, like, <laughs> almost comically, like, fighting each other to jump off the cliff, and he literally threw a bomb at her to stop her. Yeah. It was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been better if it was, like, an arrow with a punching glove on the end. <laughs> or if it was a bomb arrow and she just exploded and died, and he's like, uh... Yeah, just like, the, oh! then, uh, What's his name, uh... Uh, red-faced demon guy is like, uh, no, it doesn't yeah. count. She had to jump off the cliff, so uh, I guess you're screwed yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, the mechanics of this require someone jump off to the <laughs> bottom. <laughs> uh, yeah, so moving beyond this middle part, they get the Infinity Stones back, which uh, uh, I actually like this back part, but I agree with what you have kind of said. It was like sort of comic book big dumb battle stuff. Um, but I think about 90% of it worked pretty well. I had heard from another podcast that um, a large incentive for what Kevin Feige wanted to build to with the Marvel Universe is that he apparently has like this like splash poster of like a lot of the Marvel Universe lining up against its villains in this, you know, lines type thing. That was their goal was like to kind of in their best way possible recreate that on the screen and i think that's essentially what they did here so from a tactical standpoint none of this makes sense just running at each other in lines but i thought it was um, better than the the same battle line moment in uh infinity war yeah yeah but uh yeah so it was i think as just a it felt like a five-year-old mashing together a bunch of his toys from all over the place which um to be, which that's not really a criticism because I feel like this is what it's trying to do. Yeah, so. I agree. It it kind of had the feeling of uh, a similar feeling to like Ready Player One, where mm-hmm. instead of getting a bunch of really cool like pairings of different fights going on and taking advantage of different uh, like superpowers or whatever, it was more just like a much higher level viewpoint of just a huge mass, like a sea of characters yeah all going at each other and if you watch any individual fight it's okay nothing's like super interesting or clever or creative it's just the like intense amount of it in front of your eyeballs and that's what makes yeah. it impressive and the amount of like ooh, there's that person ooh, there's that person ooh, there's that person yeah i think that was the, the two what things it was going for i think and it, it, you know more power to him like this is a movie where you can do that. That's not a thing you can do in almost yeah. any other movie. So it, it makes sense to do that. Just it maybe it doesn't tickle my fancies as much as like Infinity War had a lot of cool. Let's pair these two people together and see how they work together. Right. Kind of stuff. And that, you know, I find that more interesting, but I, it's not that this was bad. It's just a different. I, I will say one thing I thought they did well with utilizing characters together is right before the big battle started. I actually enjoyed the the short little exchange between um Thanos and Thor Iron Man and Captain yes, America. Like I thought that. that was actually really good. Especially because yeah, of the they, amount of work they did on all three characters uh in this mm-hmm. movie and their like development. It like it mattered. Like Thor was still fat during all this and like you sort of felt his despair throughout it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then But they also choreographed this fight uh, to be a lot of fun right and taking advantage of yeah. their different powers and them working together yeah exactly and and uh, I'll, I'll give them uh captain america getting the hammer you know i rolled my eyes when it happened but that's more because of yeah. my feelings towards the character and the ridiculously long and extended applause that it got in our theater but yeah that was a well well done moment and uh i tipped my I captain thought them. they had done that before already uh, but i guess i'm wrong uh, I don't think so. Well, so I think in one of the Avengers, there was a whole scene where they were all trying to pick up the hammer. Like, oh, and, Ultron. Yeah, that's where it's from. And Captain America goes and he can't do it. And like, apparently a lot of people, there was like a theory that like he could, like he moved it or something, but like he didn't want to hurt yeah. Thor's feelings. And so he pretended not to. That's why Thor, whenever he sees it happen, he, he, he said, said, I knew. 
And I think that was a callback yeah. to that moment. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's like, oh, all this time you have been able to do it. it this is like, again, the most dumb nitpick isn't even fair because there's no for me to have this feeling. But I did, while watching it, think like, why is he able to like summon it and shoot lightning? Like, I get that he's yeah. worthy to pick it up, but it's like, okay, I'm nitpicking about the magical powers of a stone hammer from God. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is me. This is me falling to a new low, I think. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, I thought all of that worked real well. I, I did. And also the other second thing that I thought worked really well in the battle besides just all the, you know, fighting in general was, uh, spider-man going across the battlefield and then sort of playing tag with yes. the glove yeah that was cool i thought that was actually kind of a fun thing to do and um it it did like there were so for for all that i've said about this movie i will say like they still did a good job of making this all feel really tense at the end um because you know even even when they those three first start fighting thanos before the battle actually starts proper um there still did feel like not that you not that this sh- this is going to be as morbid as a show like game of thrones but there were sort of this like i don't know maybe they would kill these people right um maybe one of them will die right here um before the battle like starts in earnest or something and th- so i thought there was a good like tense sensation and and even though you know that thanos isn't going to snap because then what are they going to do with the movie right. um there still is sort of like a worry i almost felt like like um I thought they did good, like keeping that suspense sustained throughout this, even though a lot of it was just big battle scene. If that makes sense, right? Yeah, I think I think that's true. I, you know, it definitely is a superhero movie. Like I was more thinking, like, oh, yeah. are they going to do this with this character more than I was like in the moment with the characters? If that makes sense. Yeah. But you know that that's par for the course for these types of movies. I think so. I th- I thought it all worked right. out really well. Um, I did think the little like team up of women uh, kind of moment that they had was yeah a little like it was it was it was by definition fancer. Well, it didn't yes. make any logical sense. And maybe it was worth it, but it felt I don't want to say tone deaf because I don't think that they're tone deaf. But it had this feeling of like them being like, "Look, we no, have women," and it's like, "But you don't like you're working on it." I'm really proud of you. Keep 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 up the good work. But like, yeah, come on. You're almost like showing off that you're scraping the bottom of the barrel of like, look at all these women because that we barely ever show you and aren't really developing compared to yeah. all the male characters. It's kind of like J.K. Rowling whenever she's like, oh, uh, yeah, I think Dumbledore is probably right. Gay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, OK, well, sh- it'll show us that in the movie or it doesn't really mean anything to that <laughs> yeah. community. Right. So, um, but, all, but yeah, you know, I, it's like, I agree. And that was that was the feeling I had. But that doesn't make it less cool of a moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it wasn't something that took me out of it or anything. It was just sort of like, okay, I see what you're doing. And uh, and I don't think it, it's just sort of weird because we are like two guys talking about it. And I definitely don't want to sound like the crowd that's like, oh, women superheroes, because I actually wish they would do a better job. Well, yeah, that's more. That's what I meant. Uh, it, it, it like almost highlighted the fact that it's like, look at how many characters you could have been utilizing. Yeah. Um, but but they are, you know, they just came out with Captain Marvel and, and it seems like they are trying to correct that. Uh, right. It just took 22 movies to get there. <laughs> I do think it's a fair opinion as well. I've actually heard, well, another podcast I listened to, uh, one of their writers for Vanity Fair, who's female, like pointed that out too, that she was sort of like frustrated about that for that exact yeah. reason as well. So it's a common sentiment. Uh, uh, that this felt very like fan servicey, but it wasn't like a big right. deal. <laughs> but I guess if we complain every time they they do something like that, then maybe they'll be afraid to do something like that. So maybe we're just yeah making it worse. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know. But uh, no, um, yeah. So and then I think the big moment obviously is finally uh, Tony Stark gets the glove, which was so decides- awesome. Yeah, and he does the snap thing, which they established earlier in the movie, you know, that injures everybody that uses it like that to be pretty powerful to survive doing that. And it ends up killing him, which I thought all of that ended his character arc like perfectly down to them. I'm very glad changing the attitude of Pepper and saying, like, you can rest, you know, we're all safe now. Yes. Instead of instead of being the like no don't do this well she was the one who pushed him to do it in the first place (laughs) 
which was yeah, cool. Exactly. Cause yeah, like it felt like they were, they were kind of being annoying the way they were treating her character for a long time. And then having her be the, one's like the one that sort of pushed them into doing it and then being like, all right, you can, you know, you can rest. And the fact that his like final words or final, like in the fight anyway, where I am my iron man. That yeah, was amazing yeah. too. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. But, uh, and so then after that, uh, we got like the, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was as many endings as Return of the King, but it certainly a had a Return of, like, of the King vibe to it, though, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we get the funeral that shows shots of everybody that has been in the st- on uh, that have been characters. Yeah, that long tracking shot through the audience uh, <laughs> was like, "All right, we get it. You got them all here on the on the same day. We're really proud of you." Did you get uh, Did you catch the kid from Iron Man? I, d- I didn't catch up? the kid from Iron Man three. I did catch the ninety seven thousand articles telling me that that was the kid from Iron Man three, though. <laughs> um yeah so they have this funeral and then i think they kind of uh so thor ends up with, after the funeral with the uh, guardians of the galaxy which uh, i'm excited I'm for if they decide about. to yeah if they throw him into guardians 3 with james gunn behind it i'm very happy with that oh, yeah um and then uh, what did what did, what happens with the Hulk? What's he doing? He's just still out there in limbo. He's, he's just, considractually he's just, obliged to do one more movie, so he'll do a buddy cop movie. With <laughs> yeah, I don't know because they sure. can't make a Hulk movie because uh, right. Uh, what's their name? <laughs> Universal still owns the rights to the Hulk movies. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what, did probably... we, what did you think about what they did with the Hulk in this movie? I was okay with it. Uh, it doesn't make sense because I don't know if that was ever even done in the comic book. Maybe there was well, uh, it Hulk fan, not but a, uh, I don't, I don't saying it's like a new different thing that they've done with that character that I've never seen before mm. I base, is what I'm getting at. Which is saying and, a lot because uh, they've done a lot of weird was, stuff with the Hulk, haven't they? Yeah, I, I was fine with it because having Mark Ruffalo Hulk and being able to talk like Mark Ruffalo, uh, I, I was fine. I thought it was a that. really funny bit and there was a bunch of funny moments that came from it. But it did feel like it neutered the Hulk for me because it's like I think the Hulk as this sort of raged out character is really fun. And I think Mark Ruffalo is really fun. And it's like we sort of got neither. Like we got a half version of both instead of ever getting the full version of both. And I didn't really notice that I missed that until we saw the Hulk in that scene in New York where he's sort of embarrassed watching himself wreck that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about how fun it was to watch the Hulk whenever he went, like, full raged out. Yeah. But but it was but it cool. Would, um, try to reluctantly be the yeah, Hulk. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I was okay. Um, and then, like, the last one, which like, we already kind of touched on, was uh, Falcon and Winter Soldiers and Captain America to put the stones back in the timelines, which we're confused about. And uh, then he comes back as an old man and gives a shield to Sam. Yeah, which uh, I'm okay, I'm good with all that. A lot better it with that than okay with him with giving it to America. Uh, Winter Soldier. Although it sounds showed together, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, like we said, yeah. they're both great actors. So maybe when they get a show dedicated to them, uh, you know, it'll be good instead of really boring yeah. and terrible like everything else with their characters have been. <laughs> Well, we also didn't mention that at one point in the time heist, Loki did disappear to his next show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe he teleported directly to Disney+. Plus. But would you end that this movie, the Marvel, the MCU would make a movie that would end with timelines more confusing than the X-Men movies? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've gotten close to it being more confusing than the X-Men movies, but... Yeah, we are getting in that territory. Especially once X-Men start being pulled into the <laughs> Yeah, MCU. I was about to say, maybe this is the result of them getting Fox. We thought they were going to yeah. bring X-Men and Deadpool into the MCU. But no, the only thing that they brought over was confusing timelines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's their first character. Um, <laughs> but they didn't end this movie with saying, and now we're going to start the Avengers. Yeah, so. yeah. We're just... Um, so yeah, this uh I think I think that pretty much touches on everything, right? I think so. I think we've uh we've touched on everything that this movie has to offer. There's nothing else. Yeah, so, so I you know. questions are does this mean every movie going forward is in twenty twenty three or after? Yeah, yeah, I did want to talk about that. Cause, so yeah, they made the decision to fast forward for years, but that means that like the MCU 
before that has always been lined up with when the movies come out around. Like they've usually been within the same year. Yeah. And so is that broken now? Not that it was a big deal. It's not like they ever lined up with current events. Yeah, why why not why not use the stones? Why not use this to I don't know. I don't think there's a way around it. Like use your snap to reverse everything. Go back to that point in time minus <laughs> Thanos from this. Like I think the only solution is they don't come out with any movies for five years. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all that they can do. I'm sure they'll uh, by the way, Homecoming comes out or, or Far From Home comes out in a couple months. Right. Um yeah, so I guess like Peter's friends all got snapped. That way they're all the same age whenever he goes on a vacation. Yeah. No, maybe one of his friends didn't and they're five years older. He's <laughs> just an adult. <laughs> it's their teacher. <laughs> I mean, for real, though, like, that's definitely something they could do and definitely something Marvel would do. Yeah. I mean, there is some interesting things that can come out of this as well, though. It's not necessarily just, like, confusing questions. Like, uh, the next Black Panther will probably be since for five years and what the society looks like with him being gone. Yeah. I mean, Um, that's the thing. I think Marvel has really definitely acknowledged these event movies and played with them. And this one feels like it just radically changes a culture. So every one of the movies yeah. that comes out has to deal with that fact. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that covers Marvel Avengers Endgame. If you have uh, you know, like a theory or something that you'd like to send us, you can find us on all of our social media. Uh, you can find all that at atownfm.com or atownmovies.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> atownmovies.com. And uh, you can find all our links to Reddit and all that sort of stuff. Uh, explain to us how this timeline makes sense. Um, it's not a big deal, but uh, it would be fun to know. Yeah, is we need graphs. Were... Yeah. Uh, intricate charts and graphs and mapping of uh, microverse. Yep. So And back to less confusing uh, timelines. And we can talk about Game of Thrones now. Yeah. 